This is a place where you can say what you want, as long as you got them facts tonight. We got the got. Uh, we got a lot to go over. Uh, it's gonna be a weekend wrap uh, wrap up. We're gonna be talking some college football. I got some boxing, some heavyweight boxing to go over. Uh, we'll also be going over some NFL action from today, and also some NBA preseason action. And then I'm gonna be detailing kind of what I got, uh, you know, planned for the, uh, the upcoming week. So go, let's go ahead and get into it. Of course, like I said, we got this college football wrap up. Uh, all the scores from Sat, well, just the top twenty-five scores from Saturday. Uh, everything starts off with number fourteen Northwestern getting it done against Illinois. Twenty-eight to ten was the final score there. Moving on, a uh, top twenty-five matchup. Two teams in the top twenty-five, of course, in the SEC. We talked a little bit about this one last time. Uh, number nine Georgia got it done against number twenty-five Missouri. Forty-nine to fourteen was the final score there. Uh, Georgia moves to seven and two on the year. Missouri is five and four. Uh, for Georgia, uh, they were led by J.T. Daniels. Understanding he would go sixteen to twenty-seven for two hundred ninety-nine yards and also three touchdowns. Zamir White would lead the, lead the way on the ground. Excuse me, with one hundred and twenty-six yards. He'd also have a touchdown. Uh, Dijon Edwards would have over hundred yards on the ground and a touchdown. And in terms of receiving, Kenny McIntosh and also James Cook would have a receiving touchdown. Uh, James Cook would also get a touchdown on the ground as well. Uh, Jane, uh, sorry, George Pickens was actually the leading receiver as well. Uh, he would have five receptions for 126 yards and two touchdowns. And defensively, defensive back Lewis Cine would be the team's leading tackler. He would have four, and also linebacker Nolan Smith would have a sack. For Missouri, Connor Bazelak would lead the way 7-28. He would have a rushing touchdown. Uh, he would have 139 yards in the air. He would throw an interception. Uh, Larry Roundtree was the team's, uh, well, uh, actually, he would have a rushing touchdown. Not a whole lot from the rushing game from Missouri in this, uh, sorry, Saturday. I believe they had, um, I want to say less than 50 yards total. I know it was definitely less than 100. Uh, but a rushing touchdown uh, from Larry Roundtree to third. Uh, Damon uh, Hazleton was a team's leading receiver. He would just have 42 yards. So a very difficult game for, for the Tigers offensively. Um, it looks like Georgia's defense was able to step up all three levels, including that secondary that we talked about. That may have been an issue, but um, the Bulldogs hold, uh, held up. The leading tackler for the Tigers on Saturday was Nick Bolton. The linebacker would have eight total tackles. Uh, moving on, uh, we have another SEC matchup. This one was going to be easy. I knew it was. Uh, Alabama gets it done against Arkansas 52-3. to Of course, they hold on to that number one spot. Um, we move on to the Pac-12. We had our first upset of Saturday. Uh, Utah, unranked, gets it done against number 21, Colorado, 38-22 in the Battle of the Rockies. Uh, Utah finishes the year 2-2. Two and two. Colorado uh, moves to 4-1. and one. Uh, Of course, that eliminated them from conference title consideration, unfortunately. For Utah, they were led by Jake Bentley. He would go 20-32 for 240 yards. They would have two touchdowns and an interception. Ty Jordan uh, would have 147 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Wide receiver Brian, sorry, Brian Covey would be the team's leading receiver with 
uh, team's leading receiver with nine receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. And Solomon Enos would have a re uh, sorry a receiving touchdown as well. Uh, defensively, uh, the Utes were helped out by linebacker Nafai Sewell. He would have 11 total tackles and an interception. And safety Nate Ritchie would go on to have six total tackles and a sack. For Colorado, Sam Neuer got the start. He would go 16-34 for 258 yards for two touchdowns and an interception. Jared Broussard would be the team's leading rusher. He would have 80 yards on the ground. Brennan Rice would have 61 yards uh, sixty-one yards receiving. Actually, a 61-yard receiving touchdown. And Maurice Bell would have a receiving touchdown as well. On safety, the Buffaloes were led by Darian. Yes, Darian. Uh, uh, Tra, I think that's how you pronounce that. Um, he would have seven total tackles. Moving on, we got some Big 12, uh, Big 12 action. Uh, Oklahoma State number 22 gets it done against Baylor. Thought this game could have uh, could have get could have gone either way, but um, Oklahoma State ends up putting on the blowout. 42 to three was the final score here. Uh, Coastal Carolina maintains their Cinderella run. Uh, they have one more week to go to finish the year undefeated. Uh, they're currently on the outside looking into the top ten. Uh, they're still like number 13. That may change with the new top 25 rankings. Uh, we'll have to reveal that at some point next week. But Coastal Carolina gets it done against Troy, 42 to 38. So again, one of those um, full, full, uh, full four quarter games that they just kind of had to be up for. It happens. Uh, it was a road game. Could have been a trap game. But again, Coastal Carolina gets it done. This is their best season uh, since joining the FPS. Period. Uh, moving on, we have a top 10 matchup. Sorry, a top. Um, yeah, top, another top 25 matchup. Two teams here. Uh, we have number 10 Miami uh, going down, though, in a somewhat of an upset to number 17 uh, North Carolina. Uh, 62 to 26 is the final score here. Eight and three is a uh, is the record currently for North Carolina. Miami um, is at eight and two. For North Carolina, Sam Howe will lead the way. Uh, 14 to 19 passing, 223 yards or 225 yards. He would have a touchdown through the air. He would have a touchdown on the ground. He would have a receiving touchdown. So Sam Howe getting it done in the sophomore year, getting a big upset, operating on all levels for his team. You got to love it. Um, we do have a uh, sorry NCAA record to talk about. Michael Carter, he would have 308 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Javante Williams would have 236 rushing yards. And altogether, uh, he, he would actually have two rushing touchdowns as well. Actually, three rushing touchdowns. Um, and altogether, they will combine for an NCAA record of 544 rushing yards, which is the most in a in a college football game. That's it. That's the record. Uh, so congratulations for them. Um, really, I said, and I, I mean again, and we talked about it um, coming into all this, that um, you know North Carolina was a little bit more balanced. Um, Miami, they're gonna come in there with De'Ari King, who can make plays with his legs. And his arm, which he did, uh, but North Carolina had the capable quarterback. North Carolina had two backs, well, actually multiple backs that we knew that could be involved, and we knew that they had the superior running game as well. Uh, but for Miami, they were led by the Eric King, of course, like I said, 18 to 30, 239 yards, two touchdowns, but he would throw the pick. Um, he would also have 53 yards on the ground. He would be the team's leading rusher, as usual. Cameron Harris would have a rushing touchdown. In terms of receiving, Brevin Jordan uh, would be the team's leading receiver. He would have six catches for 140 yards and also a touchdown. Uh, we also got Mike Hartley, uh, who would have seven catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. And safety, uh, 
Bubba Bolden. He had 13 total tackles for Miami. As far as North Carolina defensively, linebacker Jeremiah Gamel will be the team's leading tackler. And defensive back Jaquarius, uh, Jaquarius Conley would have, uh, would have six total tackles and a sack. Let's move on back to the SEC. Uh, we have another upset to talk about here. Number six, Florida goes down to number, sorry, to unranked LSU. LSU finally gets a win that means something on the, on the year. Uh, they've been struggling so far. Uh, final score on Saturday was 34 to 37. Uh, sorry, Florida moves to eight and two. Sorry, uh, sorry. Florida moves to eight and two. LSU is four and five. Uh, for LSU, Max Johnson will lead the way, twenty-one of thirty-six for two hundred thirty-nine yards. He would throw three touchdowns. Uh, Chris Curry would have sixty-four yards on the ground. Keyshawn Battle, he, uh, sorry, Keyshawn. I think that's oh man, I cannot pronounce this name. Bote. He would have five five receptions for one hundred eight yards and a touchdown. Jare Jenkins would have. A 65-yard receiving touchdown. And defensively, the Tigers were helped out by Eli Ricks. The defensive back would have an interception return for a touchdown. And also defensive back Jay Ward would have an interception as well. For Florida, Kyle Trask would go 29-47. 474 yards. Uh, He would throw for two touchdowns, but he would have two picks for two touchdowns on the round. Not a perfect game for a Heisman candidate, but I think with the two rushing touchdowns, I think he kind of does his thing. Uh, you know, he did his thing, but of course, Florida doesn't get the win, so that's probably gonna hurt him just a little bit as well. I don't know who uh, who is the front runner is. We'll all we'll figure it out when they when they announce it. Uh, defensively, oh, actually moving on for Florida offensively, Lee Davis had 81 yards on the ground. Katarius, sorry, Katarius Tony would have nine receptions and 182 yards and a touchdown. And Jacob Copeland would have five receptions for 123 yards and a touchdown. So, again, the, the Gators got really good receivers. Kyle Trask uh, can get the ball to them, but it just wasn't enough in this game. A uh, couple more games to talk about on Saturday um, in the college football realm. Uh, number 15, uh, USC, they get it done. It takes them, again, just like um, – just like earlier in the day, uh, out there, uh, well, no, it took them all four quarters. Um, I was gonna try to compare. Oh, with Coastal Carolina, Coastal Carolina has had some some of those, you know, four quarter games like that. Uh, USC needed all four quarters to get it done. Get it done against UCLA. Forty three to thirty eight was the final score. Um, in terms of that game, I don't really have all the stats here, but I did was able was sorry I was able to watch the rest of that game. Um, you know. It, SC just made, you know, plays when it counted. You know, they had one last shot um, with, like, I believe it was like 45 or less than a minute left. Keaton Slovis just leads him down the field, and he finds Amon St. Brown in the end zone. Uh, they were able to get themselves in good, you know, good range at some point within, like, a couple of passes or so. Got into the end zone, finds Amon uh, St. Brown. He had been making plays all game. And, um... USC kind of stole that one the last couple of seconds, and it's a little bit unfortunate. UCLA could have won that as well, but again, that's you know just how these rivalries game these rivalry games go. Um, and for what it's worth, you know UCLA looks better in these games every year. Of course, I believe they won it last year. Um, again, they split. They've split. You know the year before. Uh, well, the year before that, they had gone one and one with USC. UCLA, I mean, USC gets the lead now. Of course, they've won two out of the last three. 
But I think it'll be a very even series going into the future. I think Chip Kelly has his team looking in the right direction. Um, UCLA still finishes with a winning record, and I believe uh, that keeps USC undefeated. Yep, USC is still undefeated at 5-0. and uh, One little bit of news to talk about, actually two uh, pieces of news to talk about here in college football over the weekend. Uh, one is out there in Arizona. It looks like they have let go of their head coach, Kevin Sumlin. Uh, Arizona football plan, uh, sorry, Arizona's football program uh, has decided to let him go despite him having two years left on his contract. Um, but in three years, he has just had a record of 9 and 20 overall and just 6 and 17 in the Pac 12. So hasn't been able to get it done in overall play. Not, you know, hasn't done anything in the conference. Um, also, in terms of his recruiting, the recruiting seemed to be okay, but again, it's not reflective in terms of wins. So he's bringing in some decent classes in terms of how they rank in the conference. But again, like I said, I don't think they've had a written, no, they haven't even had a written winning record since he's been there. Um, they've had no ball appearances either. This is the year that the Wildcats, uh, this year, excuse me, the Wildcats would go zero and five with an embarrassing loss in their rivalry game with Arizona State 70 to seven. Uh, Sumlin was actually 0-3 against the Sun Devils. Now, I'll tell you this about college. Uh, well, this is one thing you need to go know about college football. Is I've seen plenty of coaches get fired. You know, he's been a decent coach. And he's had some ball success. He's taken it to the postseason and all that. He's won, you know, conference championship. But I've seen many a coach, well, at least a few coaches get fired just because they could not beat the rival. Okay. Uh, now, this is definitely indicative of, you know, a team like, you know, Michigan. Michigan could be close to firing Jim Harbaugh because of, you know, his lack of success against the rival. I'm pretty sure if Ohio State's coach was in the other way around, they'd be firing him. You know, if they were losing to Michigan. Um, there's been, pl- uh, if you go back to Alabama, there's been plenty of decent coaches in their time period right before the Nick Saban area, Nick Saban era, excuse me, that had some success. Uh, but just could not beat Auburn consistently, and they were let go. And it would affect, you know, Alabama in some ways. So, you know, beating your rival, rival is very important in college football. Um, it's probably one of the biggest things in terms of, you know, expectations. Uh, they might tell you, yeah, we might want 9 or 10 wins, but you got to beat that rival. Um, in the first couple of years, they might say, look, you know, especially if a, t- if a team is struggling, it's been a struggling program, they might not expect you expect for you to get so many top 25 wins. Okay, they might not expect for you to, to compete for that conference title right away. But within that second or third year, you need to be beating a rival and uh, and out-recruiting them. And that's one thing that they weren't doing, especially with Herm Edwards coming on the scene to Arizona State. Um, and that 70-point loss, well, it would be, well, the 70 points that the Wildcats surrendered last Friday or this Friday, well, it technically would be last Friday now. Um, that was the most points ever given up in the Territorial Cup Series. That dates all the way back to 1889. So that's some very serious shit there. Um, and again, I know, you know, a few months from now, maybe, if, you know, almost a year from now, the media cycle will be, well, what's up with these black coaches? What's up with this? And again, I get it. There's always... You know, room for inclusiveness. Look, you know, inclusiveness. Um, but again, 
you know, it's happening. It's there. If you go down the street to Tempe, you know, Herm Edwards, we all know about Herm Edwards. He's a brother. They have some brothers in that coaching staff, including Antonio Pierce, linebacker, Super Bowl champion winning linebacker for the New York Giants. So it's there. Uh, with that being said, we got to win. Okay, uh, we can't, you know, uh, we can't just sit, you know, we can't. I know what's going to happen in the media, media cycle. I kind of heard whiffs of it, um, not too heavily, uh, but it was subtle kind of whiffs, uh, especially when, uh, well, not necessarily especially. Cause like I said, it was a little whiffs. It wasn't necessarily strong. I kind of heard little whiffs of, you know, some stuff going down when um, Vanderbilt's coach got fired. We talked about him last week. Um, Derek Mason, right? He brought in the brought in the girl to play, you know, kicker Sarah Fuller. I will mention one thing about that in just a second, but again, he was let go. Kind of heard a little bit of rumblings, like, ah, oh, you know, hey, this, that, and the other. Listen, bottom line is, you know, maybe he wasn't given the fair shake of maybe some time, but let's be real here. Vanderbilt was trash. He's been there for about three or four years, and he still had not turned that program around. And they had looked very bad doing so. And bringing the female there was not going to do anything. Again, I'll share some more thoughts on that in just a second. And that's how that's how his season ended, with no wins that I could think of. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Fuller scored her first little field goal or whatever last week in a blowout loss to Tennessee. So, you know, what are we saying here? Anyway, point being is, when we get these opportunities, black coaches and black media heads and all that, before y'all start complaining, look at what's going on. Understand, they still got to win like everybody else, okay? That's all I'm going to say here. Uh, because Arizona, at least this season, um, well, at least in this territorial, well, if you look at, you know, just this whole season, it's been a, a dumpster fire. And uh, we saw it. Well, I was able to see it in the Territorial Cup game because I was able to go back and watch at least the highlights of it. Arizona only had four four yards per play. They only averaged four yards per play, barely any first downs. It generated 350 yards of offense, which is decent, but he had seven turnovers, three interceptions between two quarterbacks, four fumbles. The defense allowed Arizona State to uh, convert uh, multiple fourth downs. I think they were above 50% in their fourth down uh, conversions, not being Arizona State. These are issues, okay? Um, unfortunately for him, he just couldn't get it done in the Pac-12. And, you know, this is coming from a coach who was recently in the SEC. Uh, he was in uh, Texas A&M. Uh, he kind of got his bones coaching up uh, quarterbacks like Johnny Manziel. So, you know, he's been there. He really didn't have a, a terrible record leaving Texas A&M. He left there. Uh, I think his record, total record was 51 and 32 or 27, something like that. 27 losses, between 27 losses and 32 losses, something like that. So not a bad coach. Um, he just couldn't get it done here, and they had to let him go. And it, and it just really looked bad. I, I honestly, again, somebody who's, you know, understand becoming like i said i'm I always will until i get a, a job on espn or somewhere you know doing what i'm doing now uh officially or if i you know eventually make this a big platform when i do i'll just say when instead of if i just because i'm putting positive energy out there for everybody and myself too but 
somebody who I still consider myself an amateur analyst and somebody who's just kind of coming on the scene in terms of you know understanding not just the stats but the ins and outs the coaches and play all that personnel whatever have you and again I don't know all the ins and outs of what, a, what could have you know made it not work for him uh, but again it it gotta be play calling and it's also him getting out recruited in his own state by his rival that keeps beating him. You gotta be able to beat your rival. And um these are these are his issues that he's that he's had since he's been here. Does he get another job after this? Maybe. Maybe. Alright, y'all, let's move on. We got some uh more uh stuff to talk about. We have some drama brewing at a small school, uh a Mountain West school, Utah State. Uh players at Utah State have uh well are gonna be boycotting their last game uh versus Colorado State due to what they perceive is to be racial bias uh well racial slash religious bias to uh frank mail uh and he was their interim head coach slash defensive coordinator now players are claiming that the school president uh noel crockett's uh not only disrespected the coach ethnic or at least questions his ethnic background she would also kind of disparage uh his you know religious background and this is the funny thing about that. Um, and also, there's some more drama in terms of some past issues. Before I get more into this new issue with the coach, but uh, there was an issue last year with a player, uh, oh, sorry, with an equipment manager and a player. And there was a, a racial incident in which I believe it was the N-word being said to that player from that equipment manager. And uh, the, like I said, the athletic director, and it looks like the, the president of the university has looked past those situations. Players are like that. Now, like I said, the, the boycott, this boycott, you know, the, the straw that, that prompted this was, like I said, the meeting that they had. They had a meeting on Tuesday between the players, uh, Crockett, like I said, the school's president, and the AD, John Hartwell. Like I said, they discussed the new coaching hire. Uh, but players seem to be, like I said, in, in strong favor of Maley. Uh, but Crockett expressed, like I said, a concern about his affili uh, uh, religious affiliations. And this is all fun. Like I said, this is funny because he's a Mormon slash uh, member of the Church of Latter-day Saints, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's not to be disrespectful, but I don't know, always know the right term for these things. But like I said, long story short, he's a Mormon. And the funny thing is about this is... That's what Utah was founded by. So if this is true, that's crazy. Like, that's what their state, their state is Mormon, okay? That's who it was founded by, Brigham Young, Mormon. So for y'all, for the for the AD, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the president of the school to kind of have an issue with that, to me, is crazy when that's your culture. That's like, that's like me, you know, being a president at Cal, right? And, we're, and I'm talking to the athletic director at Cal, right? And or or you see Santa Cruz better, right? And I'm the, I'm, I'm the president there, and I'm talking to the, the to the AD, and one of these coaching candidates is like is is decent. He's really cool. The players like him, but he's he's a quote unquote hippie. Like he's like he laid back. He's chill. Got the tie dye on, and I'm sitting there tripping like, man, dude, I don't think I could really like this guy. He's 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 this, but I'm like, that's what their culture is. Utah's culture is Mormon. How would that ever rub? Maybe she's not from Utah or something. She don't get it. 
But if I'm from, I'm not from Utah, but if I was a president of that school, it wouldn't have been an issue for me. I wouldn't even thought to eat. That's crazy to me. That's like, I don't get it. That I, Oh my God, that's, that's ridiculous. That's like me, that's like me being at Notre Dame and tripping because a guy is like Eastern Orthodox, like the new coaches wants to be, he's, he's Eastern Orthodox instead of just regular Catholic. Like that's my new coach. I'm, I'm at I'm at Notre Dame. My co- my new coach that I want to hire or that wants to be hired is Eastern Orthodox, and I'm like ah, uh, uh, dude. And the cold part about it is, Maley is a Utah native, and he was a player at Utah State. How how short sighted could y'all? And don't get me wrong, the coach the the coach they ended up hiring Anderson, really good guy, decent record at where he's coming from. But again, the players liked him, Maley. That is, they loved Maley. Maley was a player for two, uh, 2004 to 2007, and we go ahead and start uh, his coaching career at the school in 2009. I don't, I don't see how you missed that. Uh, Utah, Utah State, you, you gonna, you might have to face some karma for that. Sorry, and I'm glad the players walked out. That's what they're supposed to do. So, um, yeah. All right, y'all. Let's move on. Uh, we got some more stuff to talk about from Saturday. Uh, of course, like I said, we have some heavyweight boxing to talk about. Your boy Anthony Joshua. Uh, my opinion, you know, I'm gonna say what I want. See, because I've seen what I've seen. I'm gonna go out there on a limb and say he's one of the best. That well, he is the best heavyweight out there. That's just my opinion. We can we can talk and go there all day. We I got the time. I got the time. Honestly, like I said, he gets the job done last night or Saturday when you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, he gets it done against Kubrat Pro, uh, Pulev. Uh, Anthony Joshua, of course, come, uh, came into this. Well, well, he still has the one loss. 24-1 is his uh, current record now. 22 KOs. Uh, Kubrat Prolev was, t- was 28-2 uh, with the 14 KOs. And like I said, this was a heavyweight title fight for the WBA super heavyweight title, IBF heavyweight title, WBO and the IBO, of course, all held by your boy AJ. Um, Pulev came into this one a pretty solid uh, contender. I believe he challenged or held belts before, if I'm not mistaken. Just two loss, two losses on the record, and because he's held belts before, because he's been and fought uh, world caliber opposition. Again, this is another superior fighter uh, than anybody. I'm just gonna throw you. Sh- I'm just gonna throw it out there. In my personal opinion, this is a better opponent um, outside of Vladimir Klitschko for Tyson Fury. Uh, that either Fury or Wilder has really fought. In my opinion, Pulev Pulev will mop the floor with Ortiz. Pulev mops the wops, uh, sorry mops the floor with Brazil. Anybody. Uh, your boy Wilder's ever fight it, fight it. Sorry, fought. Forgive me, y'all. Don't listen to that part. Uh, that's just my personal. Well, no, you know, nah. Pulev would wash Stavern, Bernard. You know, Stavern. Who else did uh? What other weak chumps did did Wilder go through? Oh, there's too many to name right now. Spick, Spick, whatever. You know, come on now. I, I, for, in my opinion, Andy Ruiz could take out a lot of the guys that Wilder has fought. I, him and Fury. I don't. The more I look at both of them, again, don't get me wrong. Uh, Fury has the win against uh, Klitschko, just like AJ. Both solid. I mean, well, let me just talk about what AJ did. Let me finish that off first. 
AJ Warren via ninth uh, ninth round KO. Uh, yeah, Pulev in trouble pretty much early in the fight, knocking him down twice in the third round. Uh, now Pulev was able to stay up on his feet, stay in the fight, uh, fight back a little bit. He definitely has some experience behind him. We know who he is, where he's been. So you know he gave you know as he he gave as much as he could. But again, Joshua just being a superior fighter. And making it making it kind of look easy, especially near the end. Like I said, he's close. One step, this puts him one step closer to either Fury, like I said, or Wilder. I'm pretty sure Wilder and Fury want to have a rematch. And if you ask me, I think AJ's been there. Um, he's had his little lumps. This is what I'm seeing right now. Y'all can, you know, again, we could argue, we could talk. I'm just gonna say it right now. This is the reason why AJ is the best fighter in my opinion. I think he's the most complete fighter uh, in terms of. Uh, his competition he's fought well first of all he's um what's the word here unified titles so he's fought other world champions which um puts him above tyson fury and wilder for one um if we look at his technical skills he has a jab he's able to move he's athletic um and he like i said he has those boxing skills which in my opinion puts him um above Wilder but not necessarily above uh, Fury Fury is technically skilled as well Wilder comes in here with the best power of all these fighters but I've seen his competition and I'm not I, I'm not impressed you cannot tell me that Dominic, Dominic Brazil is an impressive fight you will not tell you cannot convince me that he's uh, better than Klitschko you cannot tell me that he's gonna he's worth anything in this division he's not okay um, that's just an example we always want to, and, and, and then when you start breaking down his rec resume and you start saying that, well, they, they always want to talk about Ortiz, old ass uh, Ortiz, right? What's his name? Luis or, you know, let me break this down. He was a threat about five years ago. So you have to understand that fight between uh, when it actually happened uh, with Ortiz, that was supposed to happen at least two years before that. You want to know why it didn't? Because Ortiz was juicing. See, great fighters that are on top of their game, they don't get, they're not juicing. They're not, sorry, y'all. They're not doing it. And at least they're not getting caught. And we all could speculate about what we thought Manny Pacquiao was doing, blah, 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 whatever. He ain't never been caught. So the great ones ain't doing it. Floyd didn't see him get caught. Lennox Lewis, great heavyweight fighter of all time, one of the greatest heavyweight fighters of all time, never got caught doping. Uh, same thing with Evander Holyfield. Look at all the miles he had. No steroids. Uh, Mike Tyson, no steroids. Uh, let's take a look at it. Even you know, look at his look at the um, the contemporaries. Seems like all three heavyweights out there right now, at least in the the mix. Wilder, Fury, Wilder never got pinched for steroids, but somehow Ortiz does. I'm sorry, you're not raw. Bottom line is he was he might have had some technical skills being from the Cuban boxing, you know, conglomerate that people love to, in my opinion, overhype nowadays because I have yet to see uh, since your yoke is Gamboa, you it's in order to dominate a certain sport or dominate, you know, boxing or all that, what you need to have more than one world champion. The only countries that have more more than one world champion, you got the US, Mexico, I might be able to give you Puerto Rico. You got Japan that's rising, actually. Uh, and then you got the European, uh, Eastern European guys. Uh, so you got those. Uh, you know, Cuba ain't what it is like it used to be. So 
or you can say what you want about Ortiz. He was faded when he fought Wilder. Uh, Wilder was actually saved in that fight by a doctor, giving him extra time in between rounds. I believe it was round eight. Um, I'm not buying it, dude. I've seen him get dropped by by guys like Arthur Spitzvilla or whatever his name is. I'm not convinced by just the power shots. You guys can look at it and say, "Oh man, like he's he's hitting out, he's hitting everybody, knocking them out." It's about competition, the level of competition. Okay, it's it's. I mean, it's funny that of all the people he couldn't knock out was all the people he couldn't knock out was another world champion, right? Isn't it funny to you? Oh, but it is now. Now, if it, see if you want to follow logic, it's it's funny. The the logic is he just doesn't have it like that. He has very he has strong hands, but that's about it. But we're so convinced because I, I'm telling you, a lot of you need to understand what this sport is all about. It ain't just about how hard you hit people. Y'all can say what you want. Deontay Wilder is pretty much he's a he's a backyard brawler. He's like Kimbo. In boxing trunks, okay? He's not on um y'all keep y'all and again, it looks great against Gerald Washington, who's not ranked in the top ten in the world in anything. It looks great against Brazil, who we know is nobody. It looks good against nobody. But this is the thing. He dropped another world champion in Tyson Fury. And the man got up twice. Period. You can't knock out world champions. What can you what can you do? That's what matters. Can you knock out world champions? I've seen AJ knock out world champions. I've seen, I've seen Fury knock out world champions. The one guy that everybody say got all this, he can't knock out a world champion for shit. So I, you say what y'all want. I got I like Faye, I like AJ in both fights, to be honest with you. I and I like him better against Wilder because I think Wilder the way he's fight, the way he fights, I think AJ's gonna be a little bit cr- too crisp for him, too quick. Y'all, not, uh, y'all not peeping it. Y'all just look at the power. And again, it's about who it. Again, y'all not looking at quality of, of of opponents, and I know y'all not. And that's y'all main defenses. That's why y'all say only. That's why the Wilder defense team only has one fighter that they could really say that that's great. Ortiz, oh Superman, Superman, he didn't do shit. He old, old man, old man Ortiz. Okay, that's what you're dealing with. That's his best win. Sorry. All right, y'all. Saturday's done. We're gonna take a quick break, y'all. When I come back, we'll be breaking down some NBA action, of course, some NFL action from the day. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. some NFL stuff. Uh, the biggest piece of news is coming out of uh, Pittsburgh right now. Only one really, uh, one story that really stuck out to me uh, worth mentioning. Um, 
And there is some concern spreading amongst uh, the front office there about Roethlisberger's recent knee injury. Uh, it is not fully healed, and it's beginning to take more of a toll on him. And it's starting to affect him in practice and in games. And the issue um, is pretty much, and this is a pretty much a big issue because the offense has been pretty much pass-heavy. Uh, they've attempted 105 passes, uh, not including this week's games, but uh, the past two weeks before before today, of course, they had attempted 105 passes. And the running game is virtually no help. Um, actually, this this game, uh, they only had 18 yards on the ground. Uh, this is uh, and pretty much he's dealing with the discomfort, and it's affecting him on his deep drops. Uh, he hasn't been able to drop back correctly, uh, and it's disrupting the timing on a lot of different plays. Uh, the the remedy to remedy all these things, he's been trying to work more on an up tempo offense with a spread formation, and even an empty set, which means no running backs, no fullbacks, whatever, just receivers. I believe a tight end as well, maybe even just receivers. I, I can't, I don't know exactly, um, off the top of my head right now. But uh, Ben has had to make some quick and short intermediate passes on top of that, so not really going deep into a drop step, uh, not taking those five and six uh, steps, probably just three. Um, and like I said, it's starting to negatively affect things, uh, more so in the end zone right now, just, uh, because I guess he doesn't have everything, you know, he, there's no, there's no short yardage stuff. Again, he's not, the team is not being able to run the ball at all. Uh, now Roethlisberger's leads the lead, uh, in passes attempt, uh, through week 14 with four, 484, but he is his 29th in yards per attempt. Uh, the Steelers are also 23rd in rush attempts, so they don't run the ball, and they average 3.7 yards per carry. So, again, they're not getting nothing. You, you ever heard the saying, three yards in a cloud of dust? Uh, that's literally what Pittsburgh is right now. Nothing. Off, at least running. Well, no, not necessarily offensively either, either uh, in general, and it's starting to show. They took another L today. Uh, but we'll get into that uh, right now. Let's talk about some of these scores from this weekend. Well, today uh or tomorrow or yesterday depending on when you look at it, excuse me uh but let's get into it um we got the titans starting things off with a win against the jags 31 to 10 was the final score we got the dolphins uh taking an l here to the chiefs 33 to 27 was the final score there uh the broncos get it done against the panthers 32 to 27 up next we had an nfc matchup between the bucks and the vikings the bucks get it uh, get it done in this one 26 to 14 uh, they move on to eight and five. The Vikings uh, really hurt their playoff chances. They move down to six and seven. Uh, Kirk Cousins will go 24 37 for 225 yards and also a touchdown. Dalvin Cook would have 102 yards and a touchdown. Irv Smith Jr. will be the team's leading receiver with 63 yards and touchdown. And linebacker Thomas Davis. Uh, well, Todd Davis, excuse me, would have eight total tackles. Uh, for the Buccaneers, Tom Brady will go 15 to 23 for 196 yards and two touchdowns. Ronald Jones would have 80 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Scott Miller would have a 48-yard receiving touchdown, and Gronk would have a receiving touchdown as well. Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, the son of an NFL great, uh, I mentioned this before, uh, like father, like son, 11 total tackles from him, and he will get a sack. Shaquille Barrett, the outside linebacker, will get two uh, two sacks as well. Uh, moving on, uh, we got the Cardinals getting it done against the Giants. Uh, sorry, yes, yes, excuse me. The Cardinals got it done against the Giants. 26-7 to uh, was the final score. 
Uh, for the Giants, they are sorry. The Cardinals, they are seven and six. The Giants move to seven and five. For the Cardinals, Kyler Murray would go 24-35 for 244 yards and a touchdown. Ken Drake would have 80 yards on the ground and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins would have nine catches for over 130 yards. Uh, tight end Dan Arnold would have a receiving touchdown as well. And the Cardinals got help from two linebackers in today's game. Uh, Hassan Reddick would have five sacks. And linebacker Dennis Gardeck would have two sacks. So uh, just two seven sacks between two players. Uh, that's a pretty damn good game uh, for the Cardinals. And, they, of course, you know, they get it done in the easy way, it looks like. Uh, for the Giants, Daniel Jones would go 11-21 for 127 yards. Wayne Gallman would have 57 yards on the ground. Deion Lewis would have a touchdown there on the ground. The leading receiver will be Golden Tate with just 39 yards. And uh, safety Jabril, sorry, Jabril Peppers would have 13 total tackles. Uh, moving on, uh, we got... Give me one second. We got the Texans getting it done against the Bears, uh, 36 to 7. Um, we also got the Cowboys, not necessarily upset, uh, but worth talking about just because of all the drama that the Cowboys have been through. Uh, the Cowboys get a win against the, uh, sorry, get a win against the Bengals in this one, 30 to 7. Uh, the Cowboys are now four and nine. The Bengals are two and ten with the one tie. Uh, for the Cowboys, Andy Dalton will go sixteen to twenty-three against his old team for one hundred and eighty-five yards and two touchdowns. Of course, he got the win. Uh, Zeke will get forty-eight yards on the ground, and again, he is falling off. I don't know what his thing is. Maybe you might want to put him on a trade about Dallas. I mean, y'all want to talk about getting assets? I mean, right? Maybe he can go. Amari uh, Cooper would have four receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown. Tony Pollard would have a receiving touchdown. Uh, good thing for him, though, for Zeke, is that Tony Pollard is not doing nothing rushing the ball, so he don't look as bad. Linebacker Jalen Smith would have 11 total tackles, and defensive back Rodney Robinson would have nine total tackles. For the Bengals, Brandon Allen uh, would lead the way at the quarterback position, 27-36 to 36 for 217 yards and a touchdown. Travion, sorry, Travion Williams would have just 49 rushing yards. A.J. Green, the OG, would have six catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. And linebacker Josh Bynes would have seven total tackles. Uh, yeah, my Raiders took another L here. I really don't even want to talk about this one, but I got to because this is just what, it, what we do. Uh, 44-27 is the final score against the Colts, like I said. A heartbreaker because now our playoff chances are in the wind, um, to say the least. We can definitely win the rest of the year out. That will put us at 10-6, but unless a couple of other teams lose, it's going to be difficult. Uh, but for the Colts, Phillip Rivers uh, doing what he needs to do, still Still got some left in the tank, 19-28 for 244 yards and two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor had a coming out party, 150 uh, yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Ty Hilton, or T.Y. Hilton, five receptions for 86 yards and two touchdowns. And Darius Leonard would have 11 total tackles on the defensive end. Sa uh, safety Carly Willis would have, a, would have six total tackles and an interception. And Kenny Moore, uh, Kenny Moore, the defensive back uh, for the Colts, would have 11 total tackles. Sorry. Not 11 total tackles, but six total tackles as well, and an interception as well. For the Raiders, uh, Derek Carr would go 31 and 45 for 316 uh, yards for two touchdowns, but he would have two picks uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, actually, not in the fourth quarter, but the last one would come in the fourth quarter. Just very that that second one just was just damn, just the icing on the cake and just the ugly second half. 
Josh Jacobs with that 49 receiving, uh, sorry, 49 rushing yards. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, uh, for what it's worth, is still just putting up good numbers. I'm just saying, like, if he gets, like, I mean, I know he's sitting there, like, I, I think uh, at this point now, maybe uh, 700, maybe 800 yards almost. If he can bring in almost 1,000 yards receiving, you think, and maybe a couple more touchdowns, you think he'd be like a uh, most improved player? I don't know, man. I mean, he's having a really good year right now. I mean, despite what happened today, but I mean, because I can't think of a 100-yard game he had at Philly. Can you? Win or lose? Win or loss? Can you think of one? I can't think of one. Jonathan Abrams had 12 total tackles. He got hurt again. I'm a little bit worried about him. He's definitely a good physical player, but goddamn, I hope he ain't injury prone. And I hope he ain't just like one of them guys, like uh, like the guy, like the, like the linebacker off of fucking, fucking, um, never, uh, sorry, any given Sunday where you just, there's one hit away from never doing nothing again. Ugh, uh, I would hate to see that happen. I hope he ain't like that. But uh, again, Raiders take another loss. We don't really need to take any more losses if we want to go to the playoffs. As simple as that. Uh, disappointing to say the least. Uh, let's hope that we can get something going on Thursday night. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we had the Seahawks getting it done against the Jets, 40 to three. We had the Packers. Uh, they get it done against the Lions, 31 to 24. The Chargers, they get it done against the Falcons, 20 to 17. We got Washington, the team redacted with no name. 25 to 15 win over the Niners. Uh, they are maintaining their hold over the NFC East. And uh, can I just give uh, shots out, two shots out, uh, two shot outs. Uh, one going to quarterback Al Smith. I think he's hurt a little bit again, uh, but just for making his return this year and trying to help this team out. Who knows what happens with this team? Um, but it looks like they could be in the playoffs. And good luck to good luck to him for that. Much love for that for coming. Uh, from where he's coming from uh, with his injuries and actually to the head coach Ron Rivera as well. I don't know if I mentioned it, but it looks as though his cancer is in remission. Uh, he has successfully completed his uh, his treatments and uh, Tom will tell what happens with that, um, you know, prayers and blessings to him. And it looks as though they're fighting and their team is saying, fuck it, we got to fight with y'all. So I got to give them a lot of love for that. So uh, they definitely get my uh, definitely get my well wishes. They're not my favorite team, of course, uh, but they don't get a, a lot of my love. And then, of course, my family, a lot of my family is big time Washington fans. So they get a lot of love for me because of that, too. All right. Uh, we have a couple more games to go through. Uh, NFC matchup. We got the Eagles uh, taking out the Saints 24 to 21. The Eagles are now four and eight with the one draw. And then we had uh, the Saints moving to 10 and three. Uh, for the take for the Saints, excuse me, Taysom Hill will go 28 of 38 for 291 yards. He would have two touchdowns. He would throw a pick though. Alvin Kamara will be the team's leading, sorry, lead, team's leading rusher. He'd have 50 yards on the ground. He'd also have 44 receiving yards. Michael Thomas will be the team's leading receiver with eight catches for 84 yards. Emmanuel Sanders and tight end Jared Cook will both bring in touchdowns. In terms of, def- of defense, defensive back Marcus Williams would have seven total tackles, and so would linebacker Quan Alexander. For the Eagles, Jalen Hurts will get his first start. He will go 17 to 30 for 167 yards and a touchdown. Miles Sanders would have 115 yards on the ground and two touchdowns, and Alshon Jeffrey would bring in a touchdown as well. Uh, linebacker Alex Singleton would be the team's leading tackler. He would have 11. 
uh, linebacker Duke Riley would have six total tackles and an interception. And defensive lineman Josh Sweat and also Javon Hargrove would have four uh, four sacks combined. So uh, moving on, we have one more AFC matchup to talk talk about. Excuse me, the Bills. Like I said, they get it done against the Steelers. The Steelers are struggling. Uh, the Steelers uh, are now 11 and two. The Bills are 10 and three. The final score here was 26 to 15. Uh, for the Bills, they were led by Josh Allen. He would go 24-43 for 238 yards. He would have two touchdowns and an interception. For Zach Moss, he would go. He would have 43 yards on the ground. And the leading receiver for the Bills would have. Sorry, the leading receiver would be uh, Stephon Diggs. Uh, he would have 10 catches for 138 yards and a touchdown. Gabriel Davis would have a receiving touchdown as well. And the Bills defensively were helped out by defensive back Teron Johnson. He'd have seven total tackles and interception. And safety Jordan Poirier would have seven total tackles. Uh, for the Steelers, Big Ben will go 21 of 37 for 187 yards and two touchdowns and two interceptions. Like I said, the Steelers, uh, the Steelers' run game is non-existent. James Conner would return, but he would only have 18 yards on the ground. Juju Smith-Schuster would be the team's leading receiver. Six catches for 55 yards on a touchdown. Uh, James Washington would have a receiving touchdown. And Avery Williamson, a linebacker, uh, would be the team's, uh, the team's leading tackler. He would have 11. Uh, before I move on um, and get into this NBA uh, action real quick, I did want to express my thoughts on the Sarah Fuller uh, situation down there at Vanderbilt. I know I said I was going to talk about it in the last segment. And I didn't get all my thoughts out there about it. I want to talk about why I haven't really mentioned it. And um, there, are, there are sides in this media thing. You'll have a side to this media thing that'll say, "Man, this is the most important thing uh, ever to happen." They'll talk about you know, first woman ever to do this and all that. Um. You know how this is some great accomplishment, and then you'll have the other side that's gonna start bashing and say this is a female. We don't care. All this, I didn't really want to talk about it, and I'm gonna keep it as brief as possible because this is the thing. For one, there's already been a woman football player. I've already seen it happen. It's in matter of fact, it was more recent, or actually a little bit or right before this whole Fuller situation. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, it was a sister that was doing this same position and everything. Maybe not on the FBS level, but it was college football. I don't want to hear it. I've heard about girls playing high school football, Pop Warner football. Get over it. Get over it. Uh, the cold part is there was a female coach uh, in the NFL, uh, you know, coaching last couple weeks ago. They talked about her. The media didn't want to get on that. But now y'all want to be polarized. Y'all see the liberals want to take pick and choose what they want to what they want to hype up for some reason and what's important. Um, apparently, this girl had called out the team and wanted to chastise them. People had issues with that. She's a kicker. What's she doing? This is all a farce. Like I said, you got the other side of this. The the, the more uh, the more I guess you will call conservative side that is bashing her for being a female playing football. That's their whole thing. Woman playing football. Blah blah blah. And then you have me. I haven't said nothing about it because it's really not that important. This has already happened. This situation has already happened before. Have y'all not seen Penny Proud? We saw this in Proud Family. This is nothing new that we're not, haven't been exposed to. I'm not buying into this. Okay. Um, she put up a decent field goals a couple days ago and the team still got blown out. Big whoop. She ain't leading the team to wins. It ain't no big thing in the end. So, 
don't believe the hype. Don't get don't get all charged up about it in either direction. It ain't worth it. Some of these things are not worth having really an opinion about. It, it, and that's one of them. Look, it's I've we've already talked about this before. There's been girl football players. Stop. I can go all the way back to night almost to two, the early 2000s when I was reading about a kicker at freaking New Mexico that was a girl. All type of stuff. So let's stop this. Let's uh Y'all can do what y'all want to do, women, when y'all, whatever. Y'all free to go about it. We don't have to kiss y'all ass. We don't have to do nothing about it. Good job, just like everybody else that has to get up in the morning and, and follow a dream. Good fucking job. Great. You are a kicker in the NFL or college football. Awesome. So, okay, let's get over it. <laughs> oh, my God, it's a female kicker. Yes, it's a, it's a woman that's kicking a football. Get over it. Either way, get over it. Yeah, okay. It's happened before. Get over it. Nobody's be mad about it. This is and this is not some type of big life accomplishment either. Okay. We're not making history. It's, believe me, it has happened before. They're, the media, the other sides of the media, don't won't tell you this because they like to just just like when little Black Panther came out and everybody in their mom wanted to go. This was the first black superhero movie ever and you go well what about Blade well Blade well well, this one is the main one that's pushed by the mainstream right okay this is the only story that's, that mainstream is pushing believe me there's been women football players before in the discussion alright y'all let's wrap everything up with some NBA talk and of course we're still in the preseason and I'm thinking because of just all that's going on right now um you know, in terms of, you know, just, I don't know, social distancing and not wanting things to spread. There's a lot of repeat games for some reason this uh, weekend. We had some repeat games. Um, the games that were played yesterday are going to be pretty much, you know, rematches tomorrow. The games that I'm covering tonight were pretty much rematches of, I believe it would be Friday. Um, so it's just like that right now. So that's what we're dealing with. Uh, but let's get into it. Not, a, not, you know, a whole lot to talk about. No real news to go over. Um... Although I will, I'll talk a little bit about James Harden tonight since I'm up here. Since I'm up, since I'm up, you got me, you got me. Um, but let's get into some scores real quick. Starting off in the Eastern Conference, the Hawks, they get it done against the Magic 118 to 107. We got the Wizards, they uh, they take an L here to the Nets 119 to 114 for the Wizards. Raul Neto will be the team's leading scorer. We would have 17.6 assists and three rebounds. Rui Achimura, the second-year forward out of Gonzaga, would have 18 points and four rebounds. And Denny Avdija, sorry, Avdija, I think that's how you pronounce that one, 15 points, four rebounds, and two assists from him. Uh, and moving on to the next, you have Kyrie. He would have 18 points. KD is making his first appearance from his, uh, his big-time injuries last season. 15 points from him, three assists, and three rebounds. And Torian, uh, Torian Prince and Timothy Luau Cabarot would have 11 points uh, each. So let's move on. We got uh, we got the Rockets taking on the Bulls. Uh, the Rockets take an L in this one, 104-91. to For the Rockets, the leading scorer for them was John Wall. 21 points, four assists, and two rebounds. I like that. Um, he's definitely... Uh, showing everybody that he still has it. I like how he's kind of come back from that injury. Good job on him, too. Uh, David Nwaba would have 11 
uh, total points, and Demarcus Cousins, Eric Gordon, and Ben McLemore would have 10 points each. Uh, moving on, we got the Clippers here. Uh, they took another L here to the Lakers in the Battle of L.A. I'm kind of seeing how this might shape up over the year. I hope I'm not right. 106-131 is the final score. Of course, this is preseason and NBA preseason at that. I, I don't think I take... Uh, I don't take any preseason seriously, but I, I really disregard NBA preseason for some reason. But whatever. Kawhi would have 11 points and two assists. Terrence Mann would have 10 points, five assists, and five rebounds coming off the bench. And Paul George would have nine points and four assists. For the Lakers, Taylor Horton Tucker would have 33 points, 10 rebounds, and four assists. Kyle Kuzma would have 25 points, four assists, and six rebounds. Contavious Caldwell Pope would have 16 Pope, uh, 16 Popes, 16 points with five rebounds and five rebounds and three assists. It looks like LeBron and AD are taking some time off, which is good, and it's really it's, it does mean a lot that they can win without them. Wow, um, it is preseason, of course. I don't want to read too much into it, but wow, that's kind of cool. Two and zero against the Clippers. Hmm. Okay. All right, Lakers, I see y'all. Oh, and finally, one last score. Uh, the Blazers get blown out by the Kings, 121-106. I mean, teams are just filling each other out. Again, these are pretty much just rematches of the night before, yada, yada, yada. So not too much to read it to just yet. Uh, so let me get into my thoughts on this James Harden situation right now. Um, and, of course, he's officially made it official, uh, excuse me, that he wants to be traded. He did that, you know, at some point during the course of the week. Uh, Houston is saying, look, we're willing to make a deal, but we're looking for something, cause, uh, something, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, that matches. Uh, for lack of a better word, I'll just say something that matches to talent. Uh, so, it's, I mean, last time I checked, they were looking for not only were they looking for like some draft picks, right? But they wanted uh, a top ten player that was pretty much a, uh, like a a top scorer in the league. Like pretty much he was a, he was he led the league in scoring for James Harden. So what I mean is they wanted some draft picks and like a top ten score for James Harden. So um, I I get it. I mean I don't know who's gonna come up and and make this trade happen. Um, of course, we've heard about Philly showing some interest. The Nets, of course, well, at least he's interested in the Nets. But as far as Houston is saying, like, <laughs> and I like it. I mean, I like Houston's approach because they're going to say, I mean, because I feel it because this is their best player. This is the best player that they probably have had since somebody like Hakeem Olajuwon. And they're going to do what they need to do uh, to keep that player or uh, get some type of compensation for that player. And so I definitely agree with their approach. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, well, as far as I know, uh, they're not looking to rush into anything. Like, they're, they're saying, look, I mean, especially, well, even when, you know, Russell uh, Russell was still in the building, they were like, look, we can make this very uncomfortable. We really don't care about what happens because this is the thing. Um, Houston kind of has a point here because at the end of the day, it's their money. He's already under, under contract with him, so under them, so he kind of he they kind of control his rights in that regard. Um, he can force a trade. He can say, "Well, I want to go here. I want to get a trade in." 
Uh, but it's up to Houston to decide what package they want. So Houston pretty much is in the driver's seat. He can sit there and say, well, I want to go to Brooklyn. Well, what does Brooklyn have in exchange for you? If they're willing to give up Karis LeVert, maybe. But as far as I was concerned, as far as what I'm hearing, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm hearing like they want like, you know, KT for him or something crazy because really it kind of sounds ridiculous with i mean some of the some of the some of the some of the packages that i was hearing from them or you know potential packages i was hearing from them were just kind of like that's ridiculous you might not i mean it's almost like they kind of don't want to trade him but i think what the deal is is this is the thing and this is where i, I definitely like i said this is this is why i definitely feel like they have a point because again they you know they're looking for the, the most value in terms of a trade. And let's say, for instance, Harden decides he well, he's already kind of helping out Houston, really, by not showing up, by going to the club and kicking it with the Raptors. He might not. He might think he's telling the team, fuck you. And he kind of is, but it's hurting himself because he's also being looked at by the rest of the NBA. And I know he knows this. He has to know this. They're looking at you. And you know they're not gonna want to deal with that shit. They don't matter. It don't really matter how. I mean, they'll deal with it once they're you know once they're able to make a trade. But I don't think you're gonna get the package that you think you're gonna want for that. That something that Houston will go. Oh yeah, sure, I'll fuck with that. I don't think so. So it's like you kind of almost. It's like you almost have to play, have to ball out if you're James Harden, and then say. And then you have to have the teams run out there and kind of clamor and say, look, we need this guy. This is what we'll give you. If you're not playing, they're gonna say, "Uh, well, he's just mad. Well, he doesn't. He's you know, he's just giving Houston that attitude. He wants. They're not gonna give you the big. They're not gonna do it unless he comes back and starts like giving you like sixty point games back to back to back or some shit like that. I don't see any team just rushing and saying, "Here's a huge package for him, and I'm willing to take him on." I don't see it now, especially again with what we're seeing now. He kind of he's kind of playing himself because Houston kind of has more leverage than you think because again they don't have to tra- that's that's their money i mean again i mean they could trade him for but why would they trade him for anything that's that they don't feel comfortable with why would you why would you like that's somebody like that's somebody coming to, to say let me trade let me make a trade for your wife for my couple of concubines and my girlfriend my side chick no bro no let me see. We've been together for a few years. You know, we got a kid. We don't think about getting a family. I don't know if I, you know, bigger family, bigger house. I don't know if I just want to just trade this just yet. But what do you, what, I mean, what really do you got? Like, do you got like an Instagram model? You know? I'm just being silly. I'm being facetious, you know. But you get where I'm headed. You know, like it gotta be really something that's gonna catch Houston's eye and make him go, okay, well, you know. But as far as they're concerned, they're like, look, we can just run it with, we can just run it with you, John Wall, and Eric Gordon, <laughs> and whoever worth, whoever else wants to catch and shoot. Daniel House, do you want to shut up for a little bit and shoot the ball? Do you want to stop complaining and shoot the ball? Here's a chance for you to look good. <laughs> so I, hey. You know, this, I get I, I get it. People had a drama. They want to have things go their way. Same thing with Giannis. You know, Giannis, he says, I want to go here. I don't know where I want. Figure it out, okay? Figure your shit out and ball your ass off. That's all it is to it. 
That's all I could. That's all I know. That's all I could tell you. Like, cause really, honestly, um, if he don't show up, if Harden doesn't show up I, again, people teams are gonna say he's a problem. They're not gonna really want to deal with that, cause they don't want him. To, they don't want them. They don't want him to do that to them. Like, it doesn't matter how good of a score you are, if you, especially if you haven't won a title. Like he's he acts like Kobe without none of the titles, and that's kind of why. Like he's kind of rubbing me the wrong way as a, as a, just an NBA watcher. As if it's just like, bro, get over it. Like, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to play or not? Like, you don't have a title yet. We all, like, and this is the problem. Like, and and he has the nerve to really just have these feelings about how, you know, the league views him and whatever, what he feels he's deserved, whatever. I saw that Western Conference Finals against Golden State a couple years ago. Chris Paul had to really snap at this dude to really get him to be paying attention and just cognizant of the moment like it's almost like it's like oh well you know i could just play basketball so easy when it comes to offense and if it just flows it flows and if it doesn't it's just like whatever it's just one of those no bro like like it's like it's really weird like i don't know about this generation like outside of lebron and a couple of those superstars like kobe like i definitely like garnett and and paul pierce uh, Paul George, weird superstar. It's Kawhi, weird superstar. I don't want to. I don't want to be an outright. I don't want to lead by. I want to lead by example, but I can't be a vocal leader. But I'll throw shade and do all this other shit on the side. Like I don't want to hear all that. Like I'm pretty sure Kawhi does a lot of sneaky shit on the low. <laughs> That's why I'm starting to get really like I used to really be cool like oh y'all cool y'all just lay back and y'all humble now nah, I'm really like no y'all not I used to think Kyrie was all nah he just he liked to be in his ego too like why don't nobody talk about Brooklyn why why don't nobody give me no respect LeBron this because they all 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 like he knows all of me is gonna ask him about why why you say that comment about LeBron. Because he put himself out there with that dumbass comment about LeBron. Oh, the best clutch player I've ever I've ever been with was KD. You ain't even played with KD. Shut the fuck up. You want a title with LeBron. Focus on the basketball. Stop. This is the funny thing. They stay like they do things to put themselves out there like that, and then they be mad at the at the at the media's response to them. Like y'all, y'all need to quit. Look. As far as my predictions for the 2021 season, I see in terms of the Western Conference, um, I think I got the Raiders. Sorry, the Raiders. Sorry, y'all. I got the Lakers, uh, the favorite. I don't know where I put the Clippers at right now. They don't look so good in, uh, in preseason right now. I know what I saw in the playoffs. Um, I think you got Denver up there. I think, believe it or not, Portland it made some really pretty good moves. I don't necessarily like what we gave up for Robert Covington. We got a solid player, though. We got some people coming back that are healthy. I think they can make a run in the West. New Orleans, I'm iffy on them. Spurs, you can count them out. I'm still a little bit iffy on what's going on with the Rockets. If James Harden is, is mature enough, if he comes back willing to play, I think you give them probably the second seed, because uh, the Warriors. I'm not. I'm not too keen on them either. I think they take another step back. I, I definitely think they're competitive. Um, if they do make the playoffs, it'll probably be like a six to six to an eight seed. 
like I said, Portland, they do a little bit better. I think they finish. They could finish between, I believe, honestly, just I feel like it's wide open. And I, I don't think you can really, with all the, see, it looks good to have Kawhi and Paul George on paper, but with just what I've been seeing, I don't, I don't know if that can really work. So I can't really give them give the Clippers a solid number two like that. So I think the Western Conference is pretty open. Um, you even got the the Clip, sorry, the, the Grizzlies improving, playing uh, better. Suns, same thing. Uh, although they gave up uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., but they did get Andrew Wiggins, so they're kind of comparable. Um, so again, um, the West is wide open, but I, I definitely after the Lakers, of course, being the number one pick for me. I think it's wide open um, in terms of, of slot seven. I mean, it's two through two through eight. I think it's wide open. And as far as the Eastern Conference, uh, just kind of what I've seen, what I've uh, seen in the off season in terms of pickups and stuff like that. Uh, I think you definitely can go with the Heat still at number one. Um, I'm not too sure what Milwaukee's done enough really to help Giannis or improve necessarily more than anybody else in the East. Uh, I think the the Celtics have stayed stagnant, but they have a really good roster pretty much already. Uh, they just probably got, yeah, they let go of Cantor, who really wasn't the greatest defender for them. Um, he's a pretty decent offensive big man, but doesn't really work for them. He does kind of work in Portland where he, where there's enough depth there so he doesn't have to be exposed like that defensively. Um, I definitely like the Heat and the Celtics. As far as the the Nets are concerned, it's just a team that I have to see play. Like I, I, I mean, it looks great on paper, but if anything, this last season has taught us, if you're looking at anything right now, it's it's like the you know the stars. All it's not like it was with you know LeBron and 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 Bosh and D Wade. Maybe it's the maybe you know maybe because they're just pairing the two superstars right now. Maybe the extra third one is a missing element. You know maybe. Maybe Kyrie and, and KD, they need one more piece. Maybe they do need a Harden. Um, and in terms of the Clippers, maybe they do need one more superstar uh, to kind of to kind of push them over. Uh, but it's, you know, as far as the East, like I said, I got I got the I got the Heat winning that. Um, I could definitely see uh, Celtics in the second seed. Uh, that could be interchangeable with, you know, Milwaukee as well. And then, um, or you also could put, you know, just – Brooklyn in there on top of that as well, so you can kind of put them in that top three to four mix. Uh, five, the fifth place team probably, because uh, it's so ugly, it's so murky at that. But you, you know, you got Orlando who's who's emerging. Uh, the Wizards, I mean, albeit, I mean, if Russ comes in there hungry and ready to play, I mean, you got a, a all star guard and Bradley Beal. Um, the question is, what do they have in terms of their big man and their death? But you know, again, they got Rui Yachimura. He's a decent big man. Uh, so, uh, even the Clippers. So, there's a lot of teams that are actually look like they're better. The Hornets actually look okay with LaMelo Ball. Um, so, you got some things out there. You got some positives for the for the NBA. As far as who I, if I could make a, a, a quick guess right now, kind of peer into the future just for the fun of it. Championship, you know, finals matchup. Heat Lakers rematch. I know it sounds ugly. Uh, either Heat Lakers rematch, and this. But okay, maybe I can't give you the, the right 
you know, <laughs> finals, you know, uh, guesses. But I will say this. If Giannis doesn't make the finals this year, if he's still in Milwaukee this year and all that, if they don't make the finals this year, he's done. Uh, I can I can tell y'all that <laughs> that much I will tell y'all. All right, y'all. As far as what else I got planned, uh, you do you do know about the sports stories? The, my favorite episode of WWE Raw or WWF Raw because the night is an episode from 1999 now, so it'll be WWF Raw. I'll be talking about that. Like I said, Undertaker taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, I don't want to get too much away. It's Raw, so it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of action, a lot of yeah. Yeah, so I can't wait to get into it with y'all and talk to y'all about that. Uh, what else I got going on? I uh, finished up my review for uh, Buster Rhymes Extinction Level 2, Extinction Level Event 2. I'll be saving that for you guys a little bit later on down the line this week. Look out for that. Of course, we have the World on the Street with the U.S., the World News. Look out for some of that. Uh, we do have to go over some more college football. This is the last week. Uh, that we are getting into, so we'll be getting into the t uh, top 25, maybe, depending on how I feel, one last look at the conference standings, uh, just to kind of close everything out there, and then um, the top four playoff rankings, um, and then also what I'll try to do in that time is kind of preview some of the ball games that we'll be having coming up, so it's only going to be a few, but we might as well talk about them, and of course, I need to be, I need to get into some college uh, hoops, that season is upon us, and of course, we bring in the NBA preseason as we go along with it. Um, I do have some other sports stories that I want to get into, and also some other reviews, but that's a little bit later down the, down the pike. Don't worry about that right now. Just know that the newest sports story should be out uh, between tomorrow and Tuesday, that being uh, WWF Raw. Look out for that one. Please show support. Subscribe on the YouTube uh, look at everything you can if you want. It's up to you. Listen to me. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't. I'm trying to make this thing work. You already know. Um, yeah, I'm trying to be like a Stephen A. Smith out here. Independent. Independent if I can. But if I got to go to Fox News, uh, if I got to go to ESPN or CBS Sports, please petition for your boy. You know I'm with it. Uh, holla. Let's let's take some shots right now. I'm feeling myself. Uh, holla at, uh, let's holla at, uh, Five Point Sports. I look at his videos all the time. YouTube, shouting them out. Put me on. Nah, I'm just kidding. Y'all ain't got to put me on. Uh, urinating, uh, urinating Tree. I know the name is crazy, but dude has amazing videos. I get a lot of inspiration for that. As far as the sports stories, the most recent uh, thing I'm working on, the most recent project, I've been uh, tuning into a lot of wrestling premiere, uh, just kind of getting some wrestling knowledge together uh also wrestling with red channel that I, used to, uh, that I like to watch almost all the time i don't watch wrestling the actual shows all the time anymore but i'm definitely into all the throwback stuff so brandon zane brian zane uh definitely was a big uh influence for this new episode putting it out there right now um and that's it y'all um y'all know how to follow me instagram L Jamal 791 E L J A E L J A M A H 791 E L J A M A H 791. Also got a Facebook a Facebook page for the show as well. Never out of bounds. The same name as the YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, follow me where you can. Um, as soon as I get a new phone, I will be 
going full speed ahead with the social media. More of it. Sorry, guys. It's taking a minute. Bear with me. It's Christmas time and presents and family. And yeah, I can't focus on the personal stuff just like I want to just yet. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And um, you know what? Peace out. One love. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. And I'll holler at you guys pretty soon.